Well, good morning, good day, good evening. It is our Monday here at Jill's Journals on the Substack. And if you are brand new, I would like to say welcome and thank you for listening. Uh, what I try to do is share with you some of my journal process experiences, but I'm talking about them out loud instead of just the reading and writing that goes on with me here in my tiny trailer. Although I have to tell you, I do so much talking to myself that apparently I've got a whole out loud thing going without you guys. <laughs> I'm more aware of talking to myself now that there's people around who might hear me. Uh, and so today is the beginning of a brand new month. And so I want to do a couple things. Uh, again, if you're new, my real goal here is to focus uh, on focus. You know, for me personally, it's focus, energy, and healing. Right now, I feel like the window's closing when we have access to all the things we need. And so my personal goal is to get as strong and fit and healthy as I can uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. But I focus on the emotional and spiritual here because, one, there's tons of stuff out there on physical and mental health, fitness, and fortitude. Uh, but I'm really interested in the nervous system. I think the nervous system is the big driver. And uh, that's what we react to emotionally. And to me, the spiritual part are the lessons that we're here to learn through all this process. So I am internal and process oriented, but I'm also wildly practical. And now is the time to get practical because there's a lot of change coming very, very quickly. And so what I focused on in May, oh, kind of as a general overriding theme, was health and healing, because obviously, like I said, that's what I'm focused on. But I think the bigger uh, issue, I think, that's on everybody's mind right now, uh, and that seemed to be much more responsive, was the idea of safety and security. I talked a little bit about predator uh, predator prey, uh, the nervous system in response to these things. And this month I wanted to just use that as our overview theme. Uh, we'll still talk about other things, but I think that's the big question is how do I stay safe and what does it mean to be secure in a world that has so much uncertainty and is so on the edge, we have no idea what the future holds. And it isn't that these things haven't happened in our history, uh, but I think that when it's happening to you, when you are living the history, it's wildly different than actually just reading about it. And there are a few overtones to this point in time, I believe, that are different than in maybe previous times that are in much of our recorded history. And one of those is mass communication. Never in the history of our world have we had such an intense and immediate way to get information out there to the point where it is massive information overload. And this sort of ongoing manipulative theme of engineering us to be afraid, using fear as a tool of control, being surrounded by information we don't understand. And so how do you know what's real? How do you know what's actually happen happening? What's propaganda? Uh, and when does all this slide out of control so that whoever believes they're pulling the strings is not really pulling the strings, but we're all just tumbling quickly down the hill 
right? The, the organized play is over, and now we're just in freefall chaos. And so there is no safe place. There is no perfect answer. There is only just sort of riding the wave of all of this, or as I talked about last time, you can go under the wave. You can pretty much go over or under, depending on where you are and what your personality is like, and what is the appropriate response in that moment. And the beauty of the nervous system, as much as it is an immediate response, we do have input into how we want to use it for our benefit, how we want to strengthen it, uh, and also how we need to heal from it. It's a, it's not a, a one-stop thing. It's a, you know, it's a wave. It, it peaks and it falls. It peaks and it falls. And, uh, you know, if you're the wired for danger, if you're the fight response, you know, push, 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 and you crash. You can't sustain the adrenaline forever. Uh, if you're frozen, you can freeze for a long time, but eventually you have to do some kind of response. And if you like to run, you can only run so far, right? There's that whole, well, you still take yourself with you. So there's no uh, permanent one nervous system state, but a, a kind of a beautiful symphony of all three that are how we respond in the world. And now that I'm back in the world, uh, you know, I've been living alone for so long and most of the last, uh, really since 2007, so almost, you know, so for 15 years, for most of the last 15 years, in a lot of isolation, a lot of solitude. Uh, I said the other day, you know, one of the things I like about this format and the online world is that we have a new way to find some level of solidarity in our solitude for those of us who like to be alone and to listen to other people and hear other people or read other people and realize that we're not necessarily alone. We may have ideas that we like or don't like or question, but somehow there's somebody somewhere that has some degree of thinking or agreement, and there's just some kind of comfort in that, uh, which brings me to this idea of safety and security and how we feel safe in the world, how we decide what is safe in the world. And uh, I've mentioned a couple times, you know, I'm reading James Mishner's book, Texas. And uh, I just read something that I'm going to talk about in a minute that was so horrific. But it really prompted all this because even I was finding myself wondering how I would respond in that situation and the reality of it versus the fantasy version that, you know, some of us engage in because we've had no, no real trauma or confrontational or uh, scary stuff happening. We just watch movies and we think we know everything because we watch movies and read books and even if we're history buffs, right? The reality of war and scary stuff is wildly different than the, the observational status and we are as humans becoming very observational and less practical in the realities uh, of what it means to be human in a physical life. And so uh, you know, as a therapist and a social worker, I know most people make their decisions emotionally, not intellectually. Uh, you know, practical decisions. Do I want vanilla ice cream? Do I want chocolate ice cream? There's still a tiny emotional component, but that's not the big stuff I'm talking about. And one of the biggest drivers for us is how can I be safe? 
How can I be safe in this world? And what will we do to create safety? How important is safety to us? And, you know, there's a tiny percentage of people who are born into the world with no fear, but the rest of us, fear is a really positive, positive emotion. So we're coming up on the 10-minute mark, and so I just want to do a summary for those of you who want to check out early, and then we'll do a longer keep going version for those of you who like hanging out and talking about this stuff. And so the short version is, is, you know, if you're writing a journal and questioning or something to think about, what feels safe? What does safety mean to you? What does security mean to you in a world that is wildly insecure? But the other two big driving forces are very abstract, but they are what drives everything even though most people never take the time to stop and think about it and those two things are what is responsibility and what is control right how are we using responsibility or and control to feel safe and secure in the world and the second one is what is valued by you and what is valuable in our life our world our experience and we all don't share the same definitions of any of this. Uh, I think the hardest thing to do is to be in community or in relationship, even with yourself, when you don't have a shared set of core values. So if you want to take a few minutes to think about these great big things, uh, I think they're important. Not everybody does, but that's my value, and I think it's being responsible. Uh, so what does it mean to be safe and secure? Uh, how do you see responsibility versus control? And what is it that is valuable? Is it life? Is it death? Those are the two primary uh, forces in our world. And what do you value? Uh, and we live in a world that values death more than life. And I think that's one of those hard truths uh, that it's coming to light right now, but it's very difficult to look at. So that's the 10-minute summary. Uh, so a little bit of the background is I'm reading this book, Texas. Uh, right now I'm just after the Civil War. And so they're trying to settle uh, Texas and you know they've been at war for most of this time with Mexico and now the Mexican border has been defined and now it's a battle of uh, the Native Americans and the different cultures of uh, Westerners I guess or Europeans that are coming to settle into Texas and what was interesting about Texas is it brought people from Europe who were seeking freedom uh, it brought people from the south, and it brought people from the north. And you have to remember, and it was also the point in time where uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, right? The Civil War was over. Uh, all the slaves were freed. But the Texas was a slave state. And so there's a lot of internal conflict going from just the Texan side. But the other side is the Native American or the Indian uh, Native population, which has... Uh, several different tribes, but the one that's being focused on right now in what I'm reading is the Comanche. And, <laughs> you know, there's the, the Texas Rangers uh, were brought into being to fight the, the Mexican uh, uh, 
conflict and the, the Native American conflict. Uh, now the army is here participating, and then there's the settlers, how they participate. But what's happening is the, uh, the conflict is wildly different values and uh, uh, different ideas of what uh, control and responsibility are and uh, you know how to stay safe what ideas create safety what processes create safety and what's important around that and uh, you know it came to a head when I was uh, it was uh, what James Mish for those of you who haven't read James Mister he takes uh, histor- history in journals, letters, things like that, interviews, and then he compiles fictional characters and situations to express uh, some of the realities that were going on. But he, you know, pulls from many sources instead of just uh, you know single sources to get a better picture, a storyline that you can follow. And right now, there is a point where you know people are pushing west, and so the Comanche want to keep their land and the Comanche had one of the biggest uh, nations because they were known as the most violent and cruel Uh, their culture was basically to take over other cultures does any of that sound familiar and so uh, they're coming to a head with the pushing of the West and so this this group of settlers uh, I think there was nine uh, 14 adults and nine children uh, but they had this belief because four times they had moved west uh, and had been able to hold off any kind of Indian attack. And so they pushed west again with every intention of pushing further with the full belief system that they would be safe no matter what. So they didn't have any uh, protection from the army or the Texas Rangers or the sheriff or even neighbors they just had their family and even their five anyone five or older could shoot so they felt confident in their capacity to be safe and secure in the middle of nowhere they were in the flatlands of Texas there was no trees or defenses uh, systems it was just an open area Uh, and at some point it came to a head and they did not survive now I'm not going to describe what happened. I'm going to take a picture of it if I can and post it in uh, the description of this uh, posting and you can choose to read it or not. It's so horrific you may not want to but what's important about it is I kept saying you know what kind of culture would ever consider I mean why why would this culture continue and after I was you know wandering around thinking why on earth uh, at a later point in the book uh, in in this part of the story there's a character that asks the chief that led this particular attack and the chief said uh, well we do it because we believe it's good to see our enemy die and so if it takes our enemy longer to die that's better but he said well why do you do such cruel things and he says, I don't know, it's just always been done that way. And, you know, <laughs> to me it's one thing when you have a single person that's running around like a serial killer, but what happens when the entire culture is built on uh, 
conquer, control, and incredible cruelty. I mean, we're not just talking about shooting people, get out of my way, I want to take your land and your stuff, like normal uh, conquering. Uh, we're talking about, whoops, sorry, above and beyond cruelty that's unnecessary, but it's also so obscene, it's hard to imagine that any human being could engage in it and still, uh, you know, not wake up with nightmares. And so, uh, the it came to a head when the army finally uh, uh, battled them and was chasing them and they ran into a what's called Fort Hope and there uh, the natives had protection and there was a Quaker running it who was so naive he thought that they could possibly not be true and the general or the captain army captain that was chasing him couldn't do anything because they were in the quote-unquote sanctuary the safe zone and how you know, it's the belief. Like, I can't believe that this guy would do horrible things. And the other guy's like, I can't believe that you believe he won't do these horrible things when I'm the one that buried the body. You don't believe me. And, you know, the the, the point was, you know, there's one group that wants to settle through peace and community and teaching agriculture and sharing values and there's the other group who just wants to kill everybody, get out of the way, because we will never share values. And this is after a long history of attempted peace treaties with the Comanche and a nonstop lying, deceiving, uh, sure, we'll come sign it and then killing everybody kind of thing. So this is a long process of failed attempts at any kind of negotiating peace. And so, uh, but after reading the stuff that they do, I'm like, how do you live next door to somebody like that and trust that they're not going to start doing it again? And how do you just not respond to that? It's so horrific. Uh, and so, you know, we're in a world right now where most of us haven't had to think about that, right? There's somebody that we call, there's somebody that we take care of, that will come take care of things. Uh, but that's slowly starting to break down. And, you know, I've talked a little bit about how, you know, we have different uh, responses to cruelty and, and, you know, animals and children and older people, and we have to make decisions about how we want to be involved in the rescue or the recovery or, uh, do we want to just hide out? And it's a problem because past that, it's an issue of shared values. Can you stay safe with somebody who believes that they don't have to do anything to protect themselves and they're leaving their door, doors open? Uh, can you stay safe with somebody who wants to use violence all the time so they're going to get the retribution, right? So you've got one side who is so naive they're inviting violence in because they're vulnerable. Uh, you've got another side who's violent who's inviting violence in because that's their go-to method. So you can see how like none of this is simple and it, how it was, you know, over time it's worked all itself out. And, you know, we don't understand it because we don't live in the beginning of nation. We don't live in war. We don't live in times of conflict where resources are scarce and safety is our responsibility. Security is our responsibility. Uh, and we had a moment uh, yesterday where the power went out and I wasn't thinking and I dumped out the dog's water and 
Uh, I went, you know, think, oh, I'm going to get clean water, and then I forgot the power was out. So I went to go turn on the water, and there was no water. And I'm like, oh crap, I forgot the water was off. Power was off, so there's no water. Uh, and I thought, well, I'll just go get some of mine and put it in the dog's bowl. And then I had the thought, well, like nobody else around here is storing extra water. And what if the water doesn't come back on for a long time? Do I use up my water? because nobody, which will go in a day, because nobody else planned to have the electricity go out, so there's no stored water, or do I just not tell anybody I have water? I mean, these are the stupid things that are really practical as we come up into the real reality that uh, we all have very different values. And I was talking uh, last in the last video that I don't know how to have fun and you know part of my reasoning behind that is I'm too busy trying to get the important stuff done I don't have the I don't have the time or the energy to do the fun stuff now I know it's important to do fun stuff but I don't have the time and the energy to do the fun stuff because I can't even get through all the important stuff in fact I was mad at myself because I hadn't topped off one of my water bottles which I try to keep everything topped off for exactly this kind of moment and uh, you know the the outside looking in is like oh, you are just you know what's wrong with you that all you do is you know you just sort of uh, keep trying to do all this other stuff you know, why don't you relax why don't you have fun why don't you hang out and and so we have very different values but we've also had the luxury of isolating and having other people, police, sheriff, uh, you know, systems in place to take care of a lot of the things so we don't have to think about it. Uh, now, I'm going to be really clear. I don't have any answers about any of this. Uh, one of the reasons I left social work was that nobody wanted to take responsibility for anything and it was exhausting being held responsible you know as a job for other people not wanting to be responsible it was a no-win situation the systems you know couldn't handle all the need the people didn't want to do anything for themselves there were no solutions there was just chronic need an endless sea of people who didn't choose to be responsible and so their lives were out of control now that brings us from valuable and valued like what do we value life or death safety security uh, being res do we value being responsible or do we value just having fun or uh, do we value the spiritual philosophy of I don't know God will take care of it you know there's a lot of different ways to, to look at all this but uh, you know, as I'm observing myself, I was in this uh, situation that's going on here, especially with the dog, the puppy situation, which is not resolved yet, so I can't give you any real updates without having a little inappropriate judgmental content flow here. Uh, but the point being is that one of the things that I'm very highly aware of in myself is what is responsibility, which I am, uh, you know, very overly responsible let's just say that and what is control and what's the difference and which is important and which do I value more getting my way or getting the right thing done 
And sometimes it can be really difficult to separate and to discern that, especially when there's other people involved. And even more so when the value system is unshared. Uh, you know, one of the things the data uh, represents or, or shows us is that romantic relationships are much more successful when the core values are shared. I believe that's also true for communities. And you look at what the Comanche were doing, they had the shared values, which were horrific, but the men, women, and children were all on board. There was nobody saying, don't do this. It was something that was started uh, with the young, and it never ended. Everybody participated in the, the torture. So it wasn't, it was a shared value that cruelty was part of our culture. And it's so hard to imagine how that could even be a thing. Uh, you know, in the same way that Christianity, the Quakers, were just absolutely adamant on being peaceful no matter what. Uh, and, you know, for those of you who know a little bit of the history of Pennsylvania, with William Penn, there was a time, and I remember thinking, oh, that's so awesome, where, you know, there was 30,000 people with wildly different cultures sharing the same space peacefully. But the missing component was they had the same values. You can live next door to anybody if you agree on basic things like I won't steal, I won't kill, right? I'll be honest. Uh, but you can't live next door to somebody who's stealing, killing, and lying, right? It's not anything physical that we're looking at. It's the underlying character and the cultural values. And you know, that's just not a conversation that we have very often because we're very out-oriented, right? We're, what is success? Well, success is, you know, getting what you want at any cost. Uh, what is safety? Controlling everything so I know that I'm safe. Uh, you know, this. there's no answers. I'm here to tell you this is the way it is and how you should think and what you should do. Uh, the reason I'm sharing all this sort of came to a head for me uh, yesterday when uh, I was expressing my disappointment and I wish that I could go back in time and play out this whole puppy situation differently. The three puppies are all here, but the way they showed up uh, has, you know, gotten my control of what I want completely jacked up. Uh, versus, you know, at a responsibility level, everybody's getting taken care of. So there's nobody suffering, but I'm not able to control it for the outcome that I personally wanted that isn't fully based on uh, responsibility, but just some basic, you know, control stuff that's going on with me. And so I am willing to look at that. But what the reason I brought this all up because uh, it was, you know, in line with the safety issue was when I had said that another person said, well, you know, I think things always just work out the way that they're supposed to. And, you know, as somebody who says platitudes, uh, I will also say there's nothing I hate more than people giving me platitudes for complex or emotional issues and stupid effing one-liners 
that are somehow supposed to make everything okay. They completely dismiss the emotional, intellectual, responsibility, control, value, purpose. Because, and this is the difference that I'm observing right now. I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And that it, at the end of all of it, it's for our highest good. But I don't look at it as a passive thing or something I'm trying to control. I see it as a learning experience. So, okay, this is what happened. I trust it will all be okay. But what did I need to learn in the process of it? What can I do differently so that it doesn't, you know, I can make better decisions next time? The person who is giving me the platitude and others around here don't think in terms of learning. They don't think in terms of consequences. They don't think in terms of long term. It's just whatever. And there's nothing about me that can do whatever when it comes to responsibility, safety, and security. And it might be different if it was just me. But I think when you choose to take someone or something into your care, you choose to be responsible for an animal, for a child, for a job, you know, for things that you're choosing to be responsible for. That is your privilege to do. But not everybody thinks that way. That's a value. Uh, And it's also something that's not valuable to many people because we have so many systems in place that we've designed to absolve people of responsibility, of not having to to take consequences from decisions. And one of the ways I have always defined freedom, not my dog, but the big concept, is the uh, freedom is the ability to make a decision and then to live with the consequences. But when we take consequences, right, when we separate cause and effect, we absolve people of their consequences. Uh, we get back to the quote I mangled in the last uh, podcast was, uh, you know, prosperity makes monsters, adversity makes men. And the reason prosperity makes monsters is we absolve ourselves from consequences. People who are rich do horrible, cruel things, right, as we're witnessing right now, and can get away with it because they can buy off the system. Uh, Or in the olden days, you know, people were out in the middle of nowhere. They could do whatever they want. There was nobody to stop them. There was no accountability to anyone but the culture itself. And then eventually, you know, when the people... The numbers of people grow and we all come into conflict with each other. Then, you know, things become come to a head. And to me, that's the learning and the growing. That's the whole point of the human experience to grow as human, to grow as spirit and to learn and to make different decisions and to try to do better at what we're supposed to be responsible for. Uh, and understand better about what is control and what kind of controls we need to hold on to and what ones we need to let go of uh, to make decisions about what is valuable and to make decisions about what we choose to value 
And if that is safety and security, what do we choose to do to respond to it? And that is so tied up into our nervous system. People who have uh, a lot of fear about their safety and security can't even think about it because they don't want to take responsibility. And so those people are most likely to freeze up and to shut down. Uh, And the reason why I talk about this is that we're moving into a period of time where you're going to be in a group of people that all respond radically different like I did yesterday when the water went off and I realized that out of the 15 people here I was the only one who had some stored water and you know with 12 dogs and 15 people that I don't have enough to go around like everybody could get a cup right like I could last for a little while but not everybody and so understanding how we respond differently helps us make decisions about how we want to look at safety and security. Who do we want to put our safety and security um, plans into place with? Because one of my values is trust, right? Is to be responsible. If you say you're going to do something, You need to do it, and if you don't do it, then I can't trust you, and if I can't trust you, I'm certainly not going to put my safety and security in your hands. Uh, If you are somebody who uh, says one thing and does another, right, probably not a good person to put your safety and security in their hands. Uh, You may not have anybody that you can trust or has the values that you have. So that's an important piece of information. Maybe you need to have a way to go kind of get out of the line of fire, right? If you have somebody who uh, steals, you probably don't want to have that person in your core group. Uh, One of the most interesting things that I uh, heard, and I don't know if it's true, I just, it makes sense to me, is that when people moved north, and I've talked about this before, when people moved away from the equator, the value became on uh, character and not blood. So they, people didn't keep you in, your cl- in their clan or your tribe because you were related. They kept you because they could trust you because it was the first time that they had to have long-term food storage and you couldn't have somebody part of your group that would steal the food, right? Because otherwise you won't make it throughout the year. Whereas if you're in a tropical environment and food is available all year long you don't have that same critical need of trust if somebody steals from you you can just go outside and get some more when you have scarcity or limitation then you need to have people with you that have the same values you know we're kind of in a situation right now where we've been tropical right there's always grocery stores there's always food there's responsible people doing their job so we can eat and we don't have to think about it. Uh, We have systems in place that if you can't afford to eat, uh, food will be provided to you. Uh, And we have health care that says no matter what you eat and how it affects you, we will take care of you. Now those are all safety and security issues. Uh, the safety, food safety, health safety, uh, access safety, 
that are all built in with zero responsibility but zero control and and not necessarily shared values we don't have control over our own food systems which makes us unsafe so you know the thing that's happening and if you're still here congratulations uh, is I'm not giving you I'm not yelling pointing fingers and blaming I'm trying to point out how screwed up everything is and how out of control everything is and how screwed we all are and that there's no answer there's no one coming to save us there's no system that's going to fix all this there's no going back there's no way to avoid some level of discomfort and as the guy said to me things just happen the way they're supposed to happen well yeah but that doesn't mean it doesn't suck and it doesn't mean that I don't get angry and it doesn't mean that there's not an emotional processing of all of this uh, it doesn't mean that there's not lessons learned it does not mean that there's not an evaluation process about okay how can I do better how can I make different decisions uh, and not everybody does that now you can hear I overdo that and I do it so much I rarely have fun but that's mostly just because I'm tired and I don't have money to go away uh, and there's nothing fun right here so <laughs> uh, it's a uh, it's a complex world uh, that's in a state of extremely great change and the beauty of who we are as human and spirit is we are equipped to deal with all of it but I think that it will be so much more difficult to participate in without any self-reflection of the way I look at it it creates value by forcing me to grow by forcing me to self-examine uh, by creating opportunities for me to learn uh, by by challenging me to to be different to learn to grow to expand to contract to develop new skills to make uh, more decisions to let go so I see that as all part of this process that says well yeah things are the way they're supposed to be but not because I'm passive and I'm observing but because it's a dynamic that's the masculine energy and I am receptive to the dynamic motion that's the feminine and with those two when they work in in, in uh, a dance dynamic receptive dynamic right the in and out the up and down the the peaks and valleys you know that creates a really powerful life experience it creates one in which your soul or your spirit has tremendous growth uh, it's a once in million a year lifetime right now I mean this is a huge moment over the context of uh, eternity and you know we can just sit and watch it or we can dive in and it will get messy and ugly and frustrating and exciting and powerful and scary uh, and the one thing we don't have control over is how it all plays out so that's uh, that's gonna be our wrap so our questions I'll have in for the journal questions uh, are below the podcast here uh, you know what is responsibility and control what is valuable and valued and what is uh, security and safety to you 
the second thing I wanted to ask, because it is, I was supposed to do this on the first of the month, but once a month, uh, if you watch the video, I'm asking for extra support. Uh, gas is not getting any cheaper. But um, just because I don't like to do that, and so I'm pushing my comfort zone uh, by asking for a little bit extra if anybody else has it. Uh, but I'm wildly appreciative and grateful for all of you who do kick in and pay for stuff. I deeply appreciate it. Uh, you can do that a couple ways. You can sign up here at Substack for $5 a month. Uh, you can go to my website and those links will be in the description here at the podcast and make a one-time uh, contribution. Uh, you can share this posting or my Substack uh, with somebody that would be awesome because as you t know I'm terrible at self-promotion uh, and even more importantly you can make a suggestion about someone that I might be able to collaborate with uh, I think I might be able to finally rig something up where I could do interviews I haven't had the uh, the bandwidth on the internet to even you know barely have a phone conversation much less you know be able to record it uh, I don't know if the the video will record, but at least the audio. So uh, I'm in the process of trying to see if I can negotiate, you know, some time where I can set that up here. Because, anyways, so <sighs> technology is complicated, especially out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so that's our wrap for the day. I just want to say thank you. I hope we have a super fabulous week this week. Uh, we will be back Wednesday and Friday. Uh, we will do hopefully doing deep breathing every single day. And with that, my friends, I will see you next time.